Intentional surviving unit on Cadia. This is Radio Operator 1 broadcasting from Outpost 11. Our situation is dire, but our resolve remains unbroken. The planet has fallen, but we stand as a testament to the indomitable spirit of Cadia. We will not be forgotten. Cadia stands. Cadia stands. The import protects. Cadia stands. Katie is dead! <laughs> Katie stands! Oh shit! Katie! Katie stands! What's going on, Radio Free Cadia listeners, and welcome to episode three of Radio Free Cadia, a 40k podcast. My name is Michael. I've got my co-host Tyler here. Gonna say what's going on, Tyler? What's going on? And we have a special episode for you guys today. Uh, so once again, our podcast is solely dedicated to uh, newer players out there to help them understand and navigate the waters of the Warhammer 40K scene. And this week, we are bringing to the table the new and improved balance data slate that was dropped by Warhammer Community. Big news. A lot of stuff changed. Uh Potential meta change at the top, but uh, even some things that you need to look out for in your local gaming store and just casual play as well. I would say that if your local gaming store is a more meta-driven, maybe a little bit more competitive of a gaming store, you're going to see some different armies on the table. Oh, for sure. Those <laughs> Imperial Knights are going back in the box. So do not prepare for Imperial Knights. Maybe you're not going to see as many Golden Boys on the table. Uh, a lot of things took some big changes, some big hits, and uh, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to go over a few things. We're going to start out with the actual balance data slate, and uh, that's where they actually take some of the rules and the faction rules and they kind of bring them back a little bit maybe they saw these uh, rules kind of extended beyond uh, what they initially had planned for them and maybe they had intended to write a rule a certain way and uh, kind of got taken out of context taken out of hand so they clarified it there's a lot of different things on there or maybe they saw that uh, a number of units were kind of kind of point and click you know kind of they're dominating yeah absolutely dominating the the winning circle of the metas and so it was kind of an easy choice to pick them and so what they end up doing is they they brought those back a little bit and then we'll go into a little bit on the actual uh, munitorium field manual and that's where they actually adjusted some of the points we're going to do kind of just more of a generic talk we can't go through each individual unit point by point (laughs) we'd be here all night we'd be here all day and we only got an hour on this one so uh, we do want to uh kind of help you guys out and just navigate some of this. I think there is some pretty big uh, points changes that are kind of going under the radar because they didn't so much get rules changes, but they got the points to make their armies better. And yeah, I, I think that's something big to talk about later on. So, Tyler, just as you understand it as a layperson as I am as well, mm-hmm. what drives these balance updates? Uh, well, we kind of talked about it last episode, I believe. Uh, we were looking at the win rates, and uh, they actually broke it down. We saw Aldari at the very top, Votan at the very bottom, and everybody kind of in between. And we actually see that reflection here. I don't think Aldari got knocked back far enough to bring them to that middle of the pack because, you know, they, they want everybody around the 45 to 55 win per- percentage. Um, Votan got, you know, really big, but uh, there's a lot of orc players in our local scene. They're kind of salty that not much changed, but 
we saw them right at the middle of the pack, and that kind of proves that that is the data that they're going off of to uh, change these points in, in rules. Yeah, I just want to uh, let everybody know, especially on the uh, if you are the uh, competitive player, you are looking to actually chase the competitive scene, you are wanting to go out to these events. A lot of this data is driven by Best Coast pairings and the ITC circuits, mm-hmm. where you submit your list, you actually go play your list, and that large amount of data can be fed through a uh, an AI and, or, or some sort of machine learning, and they can kick that out and say, these certain lists had this much percentage of winning if they had this unit in them. And so it becomes very clear and evident that when you're looking at the data like that, it clearly drives and says, this is an outstanding unit and is almost an auto take in all units. And most of the time we're winning. And if they see that win percentage is be above their liking, which in this case is kind of that 55% threshold, they go ahead and curtail that a little bit and then bring that into the balance. They balance it in because what they're looking for is they're looking for a golden 45 to 55% uh, win ratio on that win loss ratio. Um, Another big thing is, like Tyler had mentioned, the orcs didn't see a lot of changes. And there's a number of armies that didn't see a lot of changes, yep. right? They're sitting in that middle of the pack, though. If you're in the middle of the pack, if you are in that middle of the win-loss ratio, that 45 to 55%, they did not have to make a number of changes to there. So that is uh, uh, something you'll notice on here, something that, that uh, you can take to your hobby store and you can say, hey, man, I was in the middle of the pack. I didn't get any changes. My list doesn't change at all. And we kind of talk about it a lot, uh, just me and you. Being in the middle of pack isn't a bad place to be. Absolutely not. It it means that you're going to be pretty safe buying the models that you want to buy, and they're probably not going to change too much. I mean, if you were at the top of that list and you were chasing the meta, well, you might be having to buy some more models, or you might see more Desolation Marines on (laughs) eBay than than you want to see lately. And here's the thing. I would say that if you have an outstanding unit that is an auto take and seems to punch well above its weight, it's probably going to get nerfed at some point. You just got to, it's very evident what units are, are a little bit stronger uh, than they should be. And I'm definitely looking at you guys, Desolation Marines. You, <laughs> you just, I think everybody in my local meta <laughs> appreciates the, uh, uh, the snipping of the of the desolation marines. I might have been smiling a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> so, but you got to remember also, like, yeah, it makes you mad, but mm-hmm. other armies are getting those same uh, points raises or even like full on nerfs, and it's just it's for the better of the game. Like, yeah, it hurts when it's your favorite unit, but you got to understand that it is for the better of the game, and it's going to make it more competitive in the long run. I would say that my disappointment in the Desolation Marines was completely overshadowed uh, by hearing you were going to start busting your leagues out now. Yeah, man, I'm 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 ready. They're looking nice. <laughs> it was I had just got 10 Desolation Marines <laughs> in the day before and saw the um, the oh now now you can only have 5 and uh, there're way more points now. Like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, to the trades chat (laughs) who needs desolation marines (laughs) who needs five of them so it 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 did it did change up a few of my list i think uh uh my blood angels list didn't get hurt so much i was working on a death watch list i think it it fundamentally changed the core way that i play death watch or i would have played death watch uh so that went straight back to the drawing board luckily i wasn't super invested into that army yet 
So, so that, uh, that, uh, I was able to quickly kind of pivot how that army was going to work and what we're going to do there. So absolutely. And I mean, they saw some changes too, the death watch, but I think they're still very playable and very competitive. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely change of the way. So let's jump right in to this, uh, autumn 2023 balance slate. Uh, do you know how often they're supposed to be releasing these battle slates? Uh, or I don't know if they actually released it. Um, this kind of snuck up, like we knew it was coming, but we didn't know when it could have been later. It could have been earlier. So I think just when they, feel as, as they get the data in and they feel like it's comfortable, we saw them do a little bit of a change, uh, back in June, I want to say, or July. That was the summer. Yeah. And it was, so maybe they are doing it every, every season, season? or something. Very interesting. But we kind of saw them, it was a baby step. Yes. And this was the big step. It was testing the waters. Is this the way to go? We saw some things. Uh, indirect got hit hard on that that uh, balance update. And we saw them give points. Like, I play Grey Knights, and our indirect isn't as powerful as everybody else's indirect. So we saw them give those points back because they realized that it's not just indirect as a whole that's a problem. It's certain units with indirect. So I, I like that. I mean... People are going to be mad that, you know, we're not getting these changes, but I like that they're not jumping the gun when they see a really strong army and they're trying to make sure they don't put Aldari down to the very bottom. Yeah, one of the things I really enjoy about this in general is they seem really dialed in. Like, to be able to uh, to be able to change lanes this fast, even after this last update back here just a few months ago, yep. they're absolutely, and I think it truly is, they're using community data, they're using uh, uh, data driven from events and everything like that to actually make these decisions. And with that, they're able to quickly make those decisions. And it really seems like there is a core team of individuals that understands at the, uh, at the tournament level or the event level, yep. hey, this is powerful because of this. And from what I've read in here, the actual changes they've made to those rules, they make a lot of sense. Everyone I've seen has like been uh, backed by some fluff behind it. Yep. And, and then as well, you know, it's, it's something it's like, well, it's not, I mean, that really makes a lot more sense. That's probably how it should have been written. Yep. But uh, uh, there's not really anything that you see in here that is, you know, oh, well, this just, you know, Closed a can of worms to open up a whole new can of worms, right? No, they were very deliberate. Yeah, very deliberate and very well thought out on how they were going to handle it. So, And I was honestly, I mean, we're looking at the balance data sheet right here. And seeing the core rules, I really wasn't expecting this. So I wonder if they're talking to, like, bigger events, TOs and stuff like that. And seeing rules that are actually, you know, getting confused and that they're having to answer a lot of questions about. I know the towering, being able to look through windows and stuff, that was a big thing that was happening at every event. So I wonder if that's something that they're getting feedback from, like event coordinators and stuff like that, because I wasn't expecting the core rules to get changed as much as they did. Well, one of the big things that I would say we saw on here was this is also, you know, Games Workshop, as far as match play and like their crusade events and things like that, yep. they actually have these rather large events that they just had recently, like the... Uh, the UK Open oh, was yeah, just yeah. recently. And so I think uh, what they were able to do is they were able to look at some of that data from that, see a lot of those lists and how they're being operated. They saw the uh, the top armies that were coming in. They saw the core dynamic of how those armies were, armies were being run. And I think what they did is they just took a little deeper dive into, hey, man, these 
armies in particular are doing really good, what core mechanics make them so good, and maybe those are being played a little bit different than the way we intended to be played. Exactly. And so uh, it really does uh, uh, does seem like they are they've got their 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 thumb on the uh, especially on the, the pulse. towering stuff. Like it's been a pretty major problem. I yeah, I'd say a problem for through 40k tenth uh, edition. And you can really see that they really were deliberate and clear on how they wanted those rules to be played in this edition, in this uh, balanced data sheet. Yeah. So let's jump right in. So the first core rule was actually going to be the uh, the devastating wounds got adjusted on this one. Uh, so previously, devastating wounds, whenever a devastating wounds was applied, uh, whenever you rolled a a critical, which was a six. Sometimes you can make it five. Yeah. It would become a mortal wound on that one. Yep. And so now they've adjusted it to each time an attack is made with such a weapon. If that attack scores a critical wound, which is your six, no saving throw of any kind can be made against that attack, including invulnerable saving throws. Such attacks are only allocated to models after all other attacks by the attacking unit have been allocated and resolved. So very important. This is not a mortal wound. Yep. So this this affects a couple of things, and keep in mind on this one, uh, there are. This was very strong. A lot of people were kind of. I was in particular was yeah, basic you were armies hard into it. Was uh, we saw the potential of how powerful devastating wounds was, yep. and if you're thinking, man, I don't even remember what has devastating wounds. If you think about your. Uh, uh, your stern guard veterans are dishing out devastating wounds with their heavy bolters and their uh, uh, their their combi bolters. Um, assault cannons, yep. you know, redemptors have devastating wounds are dishing out. I know Aldari was like Aldari hard by devastating wounds and like how you play them. Yeah, and really the what makes the core change on this is it, them not becoming mortal wounds, and the reason why it's a it's a very important change is mortal wounds have the potential to move over to the next model whenever you have overlapping mortal wounds. So in yep. the case of, it, when I think about a stern guard who has his bolter, I like to think each devastating wound was around getting, <laughs> killing somebody, right? It yeah. makes a little bit more sense. But when you look at something like the uh, like the Bright Lance or, or something yeah. like a, a tank-killing weapon. Yeah, with it, a D6 or something like that yeah. as damage. And you get, you know, you do nine damage and eight of those are devastating because you got really lucky. Now that would mean that somehow you had eight guys perfectly lined up and a lance went right through them and killed them. And so it really kind of takes the fluff away. It doesn't make a lot of sense in those instances. Absolutely. And it's really hard on models or like elite armies that don't have the the invulns against the uh, mortal wounds and stuff like those mm-hmm. those elites are just getting knocked out because you have no save towards them. Yeah, and so so really in this case, it is truly a if you're the unfortunate soul that got hit with uh, eight devastating wounds, uh, it just sticks to you per weapon, so yep. per attack, and so you just kind of eat all of those hits with no armor <laughs> saves, and you just. I, can- <laughs> I think it's a good change. I honestly yeah. do. Um, I think. We in the not in the local game scene here, but I know in competitive, a lot of people were taking uh units that had invulns against uh mortal wounds 
And yep. you'll probably see that go down, and that's really useful to things that do do like normal mortal wounds, say like your librarians for the Grey Knights. They do uh, mortal wounds, but we're having like the invulns, I mean not the invulns, the filmal pains come up through it, and now those filmal pains are going to be probably not as played as much at the higher levels and. Yeah, Custodes as a core rule had a four up invulnerable save against uh, mortal wounds. And because devastating wounds do not cause mortal wounds anymore, this is yep. something completely different that they have no safeguard against. Now, some of them do have feel no pain, yep. but because this isn't a mortal wound, this bypasses that mortal wound. Yep. So, Stern Guard veterans are unusually good against Custodes now. Yeah, I. I think this is a nerf to both Custodes and Aldari right here. And that's why we're seeing this change. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any other massive weapon that we have that has devastating wounds that is not in the Eldari range or the Drukari range. It really does seem like it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> that it's is, pretty targeted. It's yeah. pretty targeted. I think uh I think the Tau Hammerhead may have a devastating wound Probably. dealing uh but and really just keep an eye out for that if uh if you are you know near player you do have something that causes devastating wounds just know just know that you are no no longer dealing mortal wounds yep. and uh, each one of your attack rolls goes to a damage roll and then those damage rolls cannot extend beyond the single person there so and just like your normal shooting just like normal shooting now so good change good change and uh Pretty, pretty easy to operate around. Uh, the next core rule change is insane bravery. So this was an epic deed stratagem. It cost you one, uh, one CP. So during your battle shock step of your command phase, just before you take the battle shock, this, this means that this is going to be something that you have to declare before you roll the dice. Yep. It's not like, oh, I failed. I get to change. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. This you have to say, I need insane bravery right now, and you have to declare it before you actually make the battle shock. And then a unit from your army that must take a battle shock, you automatically pass the battle shock. So this has changed. Uh, and, and by the way, you cannot use this stratagem more than once per battle. This is huge. Yeah. So. I think this is honestly Games Workshop sticking the middle finger at the community. Uh, a lot of people aren't scared of Battleshock. Battle nope. And they're like, okay, you're not scared of Battleshock? Let's see how bad it is. And they're going to, it's going to change the game, I think. I mean, I play against uh, Guard a lot, and they have a captain that can just give them insane bravery. So, like, they're never rolling the, the Battleshock test. And, well, <laughs> you get to do that one time now. Yeah, no, it's a it's a pretty big deal as well as this was something that was so I guess uh easy to rely on. Yep. If you had cuz I think this from from what I've been seeing here recently in a lot of my games as well is mm -hmm. I have a lot of excess uh, CP lying around. Yeah. And so I'm not afraid of battle shock cuz when it does inevitably and unfortunately happen I do just say, oh, I'm just going to pop insane bravery and just ignore that because yep. you're not having to waste a reroll. You're not having to. And so in this case, having to, so you have to declare, hey, how important is this unit to not be battle shocked right now? And, and for a lot of you newer players, uh, and they were saying, man, I don't even know what battle shock does. It's so much I don't care about it or, or do anything <laughs> with it. If your unit does get battle shocked, you cannot target them with stratagems. 
their their actual uh, OC goes to zero. Straight zip. And so uh, a lot of armies that actually have you know like uh, like in the case of like Reavers or something like that that kind of yep. give you that out of sequence battle shock test. Uh, they will jump you on an objective, attack you, force a battle shock, and then because your OC drops to zero, then all of a sudden you had a unit that was, you know, handedly capturing an objective is now, you know, terrified and shaking in their boots with uh, with uh, water running down their legs. <laughs> and so at that point, you know, it, it, it really it did not scare a lot of people. So so this is pretty pretty big. You know, it was very hard to battle shock somebody. Yep. Uh, in addition, I mean, battle shock in itself is not the easiest thing to do. There is, you know, it's it's not the hardest role to make. A lot of those, uh, you know, quote unquote leadership tests. You know, battle shock tests around the six seven. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. pretty easy to to break those. I mean, when you do not manage to make the role, it's pretty pretty unfortunate, especially the out of sequence battle shock test. Yeah, man, the worst. Really rough. So uh, uh, having this to where it says, "Hey, man, you need to tell me how important this unit needs to pass this battle shock before you even roll it." And so you get that once a game. Once a game, how like yeah, it's, it's a and it truly, truly is an epic deed, like yeah. right, and so you don't get to have this just insane bravery all the time. It is a once per game uh, situation there. So I like the change as well. I think uh, Battleshock was just kind of swept in the rug this edition. I mean, in, in past editions, it was way bigger than what Battleshock is now. Um, you start fleeing, you flee off the board, you're just dead. Um, it was kind of like, eh, I'm not really scared of it. Now it makes me think a, a bit more about it. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to see my opponents fill those those and kick themselves for not using this strategy. Uh, seeing this come up, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to make a prediction on this that we're going to see in the near future on these codexes, because this has somehow drawn the vision of powerful James Workshop, right? <laughs> yeah. That I think we are probably going to see a lot more out of sequence battle shock tests that are going to happen. The nids are coming. Yeah. So, so I, I, I feel like there are, you know, I, I'm I'm trying to think about right now, you know, uh, like on on the blood angel side, they have the, uh, the mask that gives you, you know, uh, that forces battle shocks, uh, reavers force battle shocks, sanguineous forces battle shocks. There's all sorts of things that force battle shocks. But I think those are have always been rules that have been overlooked, yep. and it's not so scary. But I think what we're going to see is I think that we're starting to see it's like, oh, well, this was never meant to be a rule that should have been overlooked. So let's go ahead and start buffering this in place to make Battleshock much scarier, uh, especially sure. before uh, uh, right before they release the Tyranids. And yeah, the- man. That, I play against Tyranids right now, and before the Codex, they have a lot of units that force this out-of-sequence Battleshock. You know, they just walk near you, or they fight, and everybody within a certain radius has to take. It's it's rough. And um, I think that, yeah, we're going to see people start complaining about it. Not complaining in a bad way, but it's going to start affecting games way more than and I, you know. And I do want to clarify, we keep saying out-of-sequence battle shock. Now, normally, your battle shock, if you come into an instance where you take half damage on a unit right if you lose half your unit it forces a battle shock at the end of your command phase 
And so you have to try and bring those models out. And so if you, if you took your half your units gone, you roll a battle shock test. If for whatever reason they're scared, they can no longer capture objectives. You can't target them with a stratagem. It hurts. There's a number of units that are out there right now that bypass that rule. They say, Hey, uh, you're not going to wait to your command phase. If I shoot you with this weapon, if I come near you, if I do this to you, you need to take a battle shock right now, right here. And as soon as that happens, as soon as they're targeted with that, and as soon as you fail, all of those uh, modifiers apply to you. So you're immediately zero CP uh, or OC, and you immediately can't be affected by stratagem. So there's no more, hey, this unit can overwatch. I want this unit to fight first. I, this yep. is a, it, it really does uh, yank a lot of abilities away from you as soon as it hits you. And we... We're going to see that, like, help you score secondaries, too. Like, yes. there's, you know, a secondary mission where you have to go take a objective away from somebody. And before, it was you had to kill that guy off. Now, I did if that. you have a unit, you go and put this unit, make them force a out-of-sequence battle shock, and you take that objective right from under them, and you didn't have to do anything. Yeah, dude, I actually did that the other day to an Astro Militarum player with some Reavers, and yep. I was like, oh, this is what this is for. <laughs> cool. I think we're going to see our like the the value of the points for those models now. Um, yeah. Like you said, it was something that was very overlooked, and uh, now we're going to see why those models might be you know a little bit higher points because this was being undershadowed, and now it's going to be brought to light. Yeah, I think we're going to start seeing just just with the inclusion of this. I feel like we are probably going to start seeing modifiers start stacking, modifiers yep. brought in, and a lot more inability to be able to avoid these kind of things. Yep. And so I, I think uh, I think it's going to be pretty interesting here in the near future. But uh, insane bravery, just rounding it out. You have to declare insane bravery before you take a battle shock test. And then it's an auto pass as soon as you, you take it for your once per game. But just remember, you know, there's uh, no more. <laughs> whatever they did to you that turn, they can do again the next turn. So just be aware of it. So what's next? So next is the it's a clarification for modifying a stratagem's CP cost. Now. Before we get into this, I wanted to kind of discuss how and when this would affect you, mm -hmm. right? So if you are, and if, like I said, if you're a newer player, you may have heard that, hey, take a captain, throw them in every unit you can if you're a Space Marine player, because they can have uh, free stratagems, they can reduce the cost to zero. Uh, the Calidus Assassin yep. would, would uh, uh, actually make your... your uh, would make your CP additional cost if you tried to use it. Yep. Uh, same thing with the like the Death Watch Watchmaster would make a, make you use additional CP things like that. So there's a number of things that would actually affect the stratagem CP cost whenever you used it, or would allow you to use it for free or anything like that. And maybe not even free, but you know subtract one CP from the cost. Right. A minimum of one CP usually. And so with that, uh, you know, prior to this data slate. Uh, this balance update that was pretty heavily armies depended on those two things. Well, we saw a lot of captains, a lot of captains. I mean, <laughs> I think uh, you could have nine different sources of free uh, free stratagems, and and uh, uh, obviously Games Workshop saw that and said, <laughs> "No, we're not doing that anymore." Why are there nine captains on the board? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, why do people love captains so much? 
Uh, why is everybody squeezing Colitis Assassins and everything? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the rules now say, and this is a completely new paragraph. This isn't an updated rule. This is a completely new rule entered into the game. It's modifying a stratagem CP cost. Rules that modify the CP cost of a stratagem when you target a particular unit can only do so for a stratagem that targets multiple units if every unit you target has the same ability to modify the CP of that stratagem. That's interesting. Rules that modify the CP cost of a stratagem but that do not specify the name of the stratagem can only be used to affect the CP cost of a battle tactic stratagem. This does not apply to aircast colossus, striding colossus, or towering wraith constructs abilities. So, so I know it's a lot of word jumbling you just heard in your ears, especially if you're a new player. I know we just smacked you with a lot of I don't know what any of that meant, and just breaking down breaking down what it actually says right here. So first off, let's go back on this one because this is the one I understand the most. Rules that modify the CP cost of stratagem that do not specify the name of the stratagem. So in the case of if a character says for zero CP, you can use Overwatch. Yep. Because it names the stratagem in there, you now can use that stratagem for zero CP. This rule doesn't apply. Yep. If it says you may make the cost of a stratagem zero, and it does not name a stratagem that you can do that to, it can only be used for the battle tactic stratagems, which are very rare. What, what is battle tactic? Like, yeah. I, I didn't even know that they had. I mean, I knew, but like, I, I didn't pay attention to battle tactics, strategic ploys, all mm-hmm. these names. This is something that you're going to have to look into. Uh, look at your stratagems see what they're classified under because yeah like michael said you can only use the battle tactic stratagems for this uh for this new rule now immediately as far as like battle tactic stratagem you'll actually see a stratagem label whenever you go look at the stratagem and that's going to be directly under the uh inside if you're actually in the app it'll tell you hey this is the stratagem and then directly below that it'll actually tell you what the stratagem is so in the case of the generic stratagems in the book that everybody can use like your command reroll counter offensive and all that stuff fire overwatch yeah the command reroll stratagem i believe is the only <laughs> battle tactic stratagem <laughs> I, I will look through it because I think everything else. And by the way, the type of stratagems there are: there's war gear, there's epic deed, there's strategic ploy, uh, there's rap. There, yeah. So there, there's a lot of different types of stratagem. But I believe, oh no, go to ground is also a battle tactic oh, stratagem. Juicy. <laughs> so yeah, heroic intervention. Yeah. So go to ground and uh, and command reroll are the only generic battle tactic stratagems. Now, of course, each faction is going to have their own faction uh, stratagems that you can use. And, yeah, just take a peek through them, learn which ones are which, and uh, especially for this rule, make sure that you're looking at your battle tactic stratagems. Yeah, I believe uh, I believe Armor of Contempt is uh, the Space Marine battle, battle tactic. tactic. So <laughs> uh, pretty good, pretty good for free, you know, just... Yeah. Eat that up. Uh, so we did see kind of a drop on some of those, uh, uh, some of the units that do modify the cost of CP on those. Um, and as far as forcing, it's like, hey, you know, I have a Colossus Assassin, so uh, you got to 
you've got to use an additional CP if you ever want to do this again. Uh, we saw the cost kind of go down on those. And yep. uh, in the event of, uh, I think the captains, I don't think the captains took any points on that. So Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I no. think this was nerf enough for them. <laughs> yeah, it was very strange. I mean, I get it. Don't yep. get me wrong. Like just uh, captains were a problem. I think we we all knew there. I think the first day that people's or the first week it's like all the Space Marine players kind of figured it out all at the same time, and uh, I think the first week that it came to the our local gaming shop, everybody was like, "Wait, what does that do? Like, you can do what? (laughs) Yeah." I think uh, I think during some of the events, probably uh, uh, Games Workshop was like, "Wait, why does a Space Marine player have seven CP right now?" Because <laughs> oh, I haven't spent any actual CP. I've been using my free CP on everything. Yeah, you're saying that uh, you have so much leftover CP. Meanwhile, I'm like stressing to find more CP in the game. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that is part of that modifying uh, stratagem CP cost. Uh, it's a it's a game changer on that one, um, but just. Now you now you have the knowledge you understand how that's used, so uh, don't let don't get cheated by those captains. If you're if you're a uh, if your opponent is running a bunch of captains still, then you got this. <laughs> have it in your back pocket. Have it in your back pocket. Uh, excuse me, can I see what type of strategy that is? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So the next update that we saw. Ooh, a big one. Fire Overwatch stratagem. So we did change some of the wording in the Fire Overwatch. Uh, so if you're not familiar with the actual Fire Overwatch stratagem, uh, what was great about this is in your opponent's movement phase or when they charge, uh, just after they they just after the enemy unit is set up or when an enemy unit starts or ends a normal advance fallback or charge move, if they're within 24 inches of you, you can shoot them. Uh, you do need sixes to hit. Uh, but we were seeing that this was exceptionally powerful, especially on things like Desolation Marines or uh, Knights. It would just basically... My Stompa. Yeah, your Stompa mm-hmm. would essentially get a, to light up a unit for one CP. They would get a free turn of shooting. Now, keep in mind, uh, needing those sixes to hit was, was, pretty, was pretty rough. Unless you're a gigantic unit... That has a ton of guns on it. I have 40 guns. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> We're going to roll some sixes. I'm going to find some sixes. And so... Oath uh, of Moment was also Yeah, Oath of Moment good. did change a lot of that as well. So with the ability to spend one point when somebody moves near you or moves around you, then you can do a full, uh, a full shooting phase, essentially, from one unit onto that unit. It, things got pretty difficult. Now... What got changed in this? Immediately, you have to be able to see the unit that you're firing at. <laughs> we're looking at you, Knights. And we're looking at you, Desolation Marines, because <laughs> uh, that was a big problem, something that they didn't realize. Oh, yeah, because realize. indirect, right? Yeah, so I, would, I, 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 was, I was guilty of this. Uh, you, I would use my Desolation Marines, who were, you know, a, before they got nerfed, it was a squad of 10. Yep. They've got 10 blast weapons. So if you moved in a building next to me and I did not have any line of sight to you, I could yep. not fire my crack missiles at you. 
but I could launch my indirect fire at you, which fluff wise makes no sense, yeah. right? And so it really was one of those things where if you had a mortar team and they heard people moving and they shelled the the yep. building next to them, it wouldn't make a ton of sense for them to do that. I guess we're also looking at guard here. You know, yeah. all your artillery in the back can't do that no more. Yeah, it, well, 24 inches was the range that you yep. could go to, so it really was some of that close fire support stuff. True. But truly, you have to have line of sight to the units now. Uh, and so, uh, like you had mentioned earlier, they were using the true line of sight rule, so they were like looking through windows and things like that. Yep. And especially for some of the uh, the knights that had the towering, they could just see through everything. And so they would... Uh, uh, light up any unit that moved 24 inches around them, uh, especially some of the bigger knights that had a uh, 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 sustained hits if they didn't move or anything yeah, like that. Stompa had that. Yep. It was it was very very difficult to. I mean, I think that's a good segue into the next change of fire Overwatch. Yes, you cannot target, and and and, and I heard this read wrong this weekend. You cannot target a Titanic unit. With the stratagem. Yep. Not the units. So you can fire at Titanic units with this. They just can't use the stratagem. They, the Titanic unit cannot be targeted by this stratagem. So they can't be, the stratagem can't be used on them. Let's play some taps for all them towering units. Yeah. So, so your, uh, your Hierophants, your, your, uh, your, even the, uh, uh, the Morkonaut and Gorkonaut and all that jazz, uh, Knights can't use this. Uh, the Tyranid, uh, Hierophant, Hierophant. Yeah. A lot of those guys can no longer be targeted for one CP to just unload all 5 million of their guns onto some poor unsuspecting unit who was just trying to charge them as a person that uses a towering (laughs) unit or a Titanic unit to fire overwatch. I think this is a good change. I, I, man, as fun as it is to fire overwatch in your opponent's turn, it's kind of demoralizing at the same time, and I started feeling bad about it. Um, Dude, we we talked about first episode, you <laughs> you bullying Brenner, Land Raider. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Just move that sucker, because I'm going to kill it. <laughs> I'm going to kill it. <laughs> so, And uh, I, f- I found out, I mean, it doesn't help me with Fire Overwatch, but, you know, I, the Orc mech makes it minus one to hit. That's huge, or plus one to hit. That's huge for uh, Orc players hitting on fives and sixes. Now I'm hitting on fours. So, like, the... the it was starting to become a problem, and I, I'm happy for this change, even though it does affect how I play my my unit. Yeah, it was a, it's a welcome change. Um, now, definitely, how often are you guys going to see this in your games? I would say that if you're playing a lot of smaller point games, especially if you're coming in newer and everything like that, probably not so much because I would generally suspect if you're playing against knight players or anything like that, more than likely you're going to be playing as armagers, smaller knights, and things like yep. that. But if you do see a large unit like the Stompa, the uh, the Storm Surge, or mm-hmm. or, or uh, these these pretty large models come on the table that do have that Titanic keyword, uh, just keep that in mind that they can no longer fire Overwatch, so you can kind of freely go charge them and die just as fast. You know? Yeah, I think <laughs> at the local gaming scene, I think the first part that we talked about, the indirect, is going to be more of a change to the local gaming scene, but. The second part is definitely towards the competitive side and the problems that they were having with knights. 
Yes, exactly, exactly. I'm trying to think of any other units that I have that I was firing indirectly. It really was a, because uh, I think about the kind of stuff that I have that's indirect fire, and so, especially some of the uh, stuff that is out there that is uh, really good with indirect fire. Yep. And I, I truly think this was a result of Desolation Marines having 10 D3 yep. blast hits that would hit you. And then they'd uh, not even being able to see you. I think that was pretty well seen with the Space Marine players. Now, I just want to make it clear that if you do have line of sight with your Desolation Marines, oh, you, you can it. still shoot. I'll light them. you up. Yeah, it's just you can't use the indirect rule. Like, you have to see them. Yeah. It doesn't... If your unit has indirect, it doesn't mean it can't fire Overwatch. It just has to see to fire Overwatch. You have to fire directly. Yeah. So, uh, so the next change we saw, uh, not ridiculously overpowered, but uh, we can see who's targeted at. Uh, this is going to be the ruins and visibility section. Uh, so, in in this case, models cannot see. Over or through this terrain feature. That was been standard. We've all known that. Yep. Uh, aircraft aircraft models are the exception to this. That got added. I mean, it makes sense. They're high up in the sky. High up in the sky. They can see straight down. Yep. You know, that's how that's what aircrafts do since World War One. I. I, I mean, per, I'll go ahead and call myself out about it. I thought this was already a rule because of ninth edition. It was a rule. I'm. I'm guilty, but I'm glad the change because I've been playing it wrong this whole time anyways. I think what happened is when they looked at this rule, yep. they were like, oh, we may have missed this. Let's go ahead and add that yep. in, uh, which makes a ton of sense. Aircrafts uh, are, should be the exception. And just to keep in mind, uh, visibility to and from yep. is a big thing uh, to, to keep in mind there is determined normally. So aircraft can see you no matter where you are. You can see an see aircraft, aircraft. Yep. wherever it is. So just keep that in mind. It makes a ton of sense because the aircraft's actual representation on the table is a little bit different than where it actually is in relation to the table itself. And honestly, that's like everything. Every yeah. model is just a representation. Like your guys yeah. aren't just standing still. They're moving around in that area. Yeah. Right. Uh, so the next big update to this was towering models that are within this terrain feature can also see out of it normally. Yep. So if they get in the terrain feature, they work their way in, uh, they can see out of it normally without any issue. Yep. So not a huge update, but, you know, definitely. I, I want to say, didn't they change? I could be tripping. But didn't they change about the windows? You have to be next to the... Uh Next to the ruin to see through the windows, you can't see like two or three ruins down to see through the windows. I let's see here a unit outside this feature cannot draw a line of sight onto a target other than the side of it, even if it was possible to draw a lot of sight through an open window, door, etc. So, models cannot see over or through this terrain feature, even if they could see draw okay, line of cool. light enough sight through a window. So Yep. Windows don't matter. Yep. <laughs> you and they were mattering in the events, the competitive events around here. If it, if it helps you at all, just go ahead and 3D print up a little couple of boarded up <laughs> boards and just put them over all your windows. Get and you some toothpicks and <laughs> yeah, just popsicle sticks. And board up those windows so it doesn't look as hard as it actually is. Yeah. So those are the adjustments that we have seen to the core rules a lot of changes 
So how do you feel about that before we go into the actual faction rules updates? I think these are all good. I think these are all clarifications that needed to be done. Uh, the rules that were added, um, the fire overwatch, the ruins, I think these were needed and uh, they're going to change the game a lot at the competitive level, but at your local gaming shop, you probably won't see it too too hard. Yeah, I think, uh, and, and really it does seem like a lot of this was going to be updated for the match play, right? Yep. And so this truly was something that we were seeing as a result of some of those uh, rules bending that we saw in match play. So I don't think that this was going to be a problem at your local meta. Uh, it may have been a once-in-a-situation uh, kind of thing going on in your local meta. But what they were doing is they were seeing this consistently happening armies built around these rules to's always getting questions and yep and so that's that's where these came in and uh kind of put a leash on some of these units that needed a leash so except for insane bravery i don't know what's going on there uh, i'm telling you that's a big middle finger from someone's from, gonna happen from games workshop someone's gonna boil over they, they said hold my beer y'all want to make fun of my my uh, oh, battle yeah. shock okay okay y'all keep forgetting the battle shock phase we'll put a stop to that real quick <laughs> yeah i i'm pretty confident that's what that is yeah, you just wait for that drukari codex <laughs> you just wait all right so now we're getting to faction rules faction rules updates so adeptus custodes some of the faction rules updates that we saw in there the unwavering sentinel stratagem uh, the has now been updated to an epic deed stratagem. And this is where I was talking about. I didn't even know these things were mm-hmm. a thing, but it's very clear that they're going to, you know, balance rules around what type of stratagem they are. And they're just making sure that, uh, that everything's labeled right, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. They went out of their way. I think we're going to see something happening to epic deeds to where, uh, yep. maybe, only epic deeds can be used once per game or is, yeah. or maybe you know we'll, we'll see ways to modify epic, epic deed deeds, stratagems yeah. i could see somewhere in the future where maybe uh if you bring a a servitor or something it'll let you modify the cp cost of war gear stratagem or something yep. like that you know i see in the future where these labeling of the stratagems affect how they can adjust the CP of those stratagems. Yeah, I think they're trying to get a feel of how powerful these stratagems are and maybe move around what type of stratagem they are to fit these upcoming plans that they have. So, yeah, I definitely think we'll see more of these stratagem titles or tags. The next update was to the Custodian Guard. Uh, Unit composition went from, I believe it was 4 to 6, to now 4 to 5 Custodian Guard. Cut them down by a unit. They're hard. They this was a tough unit, guys. Yep. This was a beefy, beefy unit to actually hurt. So making that five models instead of six really makes it uh, a less, I guess, uh, beefy of a unit. And in order to have another one of these these units, it does require the minimum of four yep. uh, to start building it again. So really, they're they're kind of uh, bringing back how many very difficult units to remove 
they can uh, into into the game. And they actually did that to the Custodian Wardens as well. Uh, they, they were they were difficult. Yeah, they, they were really really difficult. I th- believe they were three to six on the Wardens, and now they're four to five. Oh, okay. So so now it's a uh, even more difficult. <laughs> they brought them back in, and they require more to even play them. Yeah. So uh, it's a little bit less because I, I believe there was a a bunch of little three-man squads of wardens are oh, yeah. very difficult to get. And so now making the buy-in to them at minimum of four and maximum five, so it just kind of it stopped them from being extra too beefy and stopped making a, making a lot of beefy potholes everywhere. Yeah, little blobs of beefiness yeah. all over the board. Yeah, we're using beefy a lot in this episode. It's beefy. So uh, the next update here was the Virtus Praetor's datasheet unit composition. Uh, it is limited to a max of three models now for the Virtus Praetors. I have no idea what that yeah. was in the first place. So must have been a problem, but we haven't seen it locally. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me real quick. Let me see what this unit actually looks like because uh, uh, I have. Is this the bite guys? Oh. Yes, this is the bike, guys. Okay, oh, that, okay, that makes okay. sense. So yeah, instead yeah. of five in a squad, it gets dropped down to three. Okay. So you can have... A, yeah, okay, this makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So less less of them running around the table. I haven't played against them, but I've heard some things. Um, but yeah, not enough to talk about if they were a problem or not, but I'm guessing they were. Yeah. Now, outside of these actual faction rule changes... Uh, we do know, and we have read on the Munitorium side, which we'll talk about a little bit later, Custodes in general have just up in points, like somewhere around 10 to 20%. It's rough. They've got extreme points increases on their ends. Now, keep in mind, they were very, very tough. Very, and very tough. They were difficult to get through. They were excellent in combat, which as Custodes should be. Yeah, yeah. And I think what they wanted to do was that was the intention, that Custodes should be difficult. They should be tough. They should be hard to kill. Uh, however, they did not intend to make them that righteous. It was a new addition, so they were kind of, I guess... Uh, so I always say they were throwing the dart at the dartboard and letting it stick. Yep. And so now they say, okay, we realize we went a little too hard on them. Let's go ahead and take them back. And what we'll do is uh, let's give them some points. And also we've noticed that a lot of these blobs are extremely hard to get through, especially if you can spend a CP to bring somebody back. Yep. You know, there's a lot of things you can do with the custodes. And so I think a lot what they try to do in this case was let's go ahead and make it a little bit more elite of an army, a little bit smaller of an army, still yep. fun to play, still tough, still tanky, but we don't want it to be a, uh, we don't want it to be an army. We want it to be more of a force, right? Yep. And so they, they don't want these big blobs of, uh, of custodes running around. They want to have actually elite small man units going and doing the job uh, Makes sense. with the correct efficient points count. I mean, playing another elite army, I play gray knights and playing against custodes. It's just, it was rough. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, and, and honestly, Cray Knights and Custodes, they are two very different animals. Yeah. And uh, it, it is it is definitely... Two opposite sides of the spectrum. Yeah. On the win rates. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, moving on to the Death Guard. So Death Guard were... And keep in mind, Death Guard were at the very bottom. They're in a bad place. They were in they a, were in a, a bad very bad place. 
within the win loss ratio. And uh, so actually they got an entire new rule to their detachment. Yep. And that's going to be the uh, spread the sickness uh, detachment rule. So during the declare battle formation step, select one of the sickness below until the end of the battle. All units from your army with the Nurgle's gift ability, which is pretty much Everybody. all of your Nurgle yeah. army, uh, your your Death Guard army, gain the selected sickness. And so it's a number of auras. You have the uh, uh, while an enemy unit is within the contagion range of this unit, worse than the ballistic skill and weapon skill by one, which Ooh. you never want to be within contagion range of uh, of these. Wars, Death guards yeah. stay as far away from you as, as it can. Cause can they, I say this is very thematic? Like, yeah, this I, makes I really sense. like it. And you think about the squirrel, skull swarm, squirm blight you always hear about in the books, all these flies and things yeah. that get in your, in your eyes and all that jazz. And so then you got the rattle joint ague, ague uh, aura. <laughs> While an enemy unit is within contagion range, this unit worse than the save characteristics and model in that enemy unit by one. Ooh. And then the scabrous soul rot aura. While an enemy unit is within contagion range of this unit, worse than the leadership and objective control characteristics of models in that enemy unit by one. So, and what's crazy about this is you get to select one of the sicknesses below and all units gain that sickness. So if you're playing an extremely fast army that is out there to co-control objectives, that soul rot aura is really good. Um, if you are running like a close combat heavy army or, or something like that, and you don't want to get shot a whole bunch and you want to get up in their face really quick, then the, probably the skull squirm is going to be pretty important to you. Uh, and then the uh, uh, rattle joint ague is something you would pick if you're playing against like a custodes army yeah. or anything like that, a, a big heavy. Threes, yeah. yeah. It's uh, What's cool is you pick this during your declare battle formations. So what you can do is you can actually make this determination uh, at the beginning of the battle. Makes it very versatile. For yeah. Them. So what if you're playing against Custodes, make sure you take that rattle joint. Uh, yep. If you're playing against something like World Eaters, you know, two, <laughs> two chaos gods fighting each other, go ahead and grab that Skull Squirm Blight. For sure. It's a, it's a very, very important. And if, you're, if you think, you know, hey, man, I'm already doing really good against somebody like Astra Militarum. I don't need to worsen their uh, save. I don't need to worsen their, uh, uh, their weapon skill, ballistic skill. Let me go ahead and give them this... Uh, uh, leadership test and objective control characteristic. Let me go and worsen that a little bit uh, so I can just run the game with them, right? There's that, uh, that leadership coming back into play. I'm telling you, Battleshock's on the way. Uh, so change the parentheses at the end of the current rule, too. So enemy units with contagion range of it will have their characteristics modified. So. And does it say how long, how big that range is? Uh, so it is the contagion range. Each uh, t- unit type has a different contagion oh, range, gotcha. I believe. Okay, cool. So, like... It's a. I think Mortarian carries his contagion range like around with him and stuff gotcha. like that. So, I like it. Yeah. Next up, the Death Watch. Oh. So this was very important to me. Uh, now keep in mind on this one, guys. Nothing really changed as far as the actual stratagems they had. Now, if you're not familiar with the Death Watch, the Death Watch are actually Xeno Hunter Space Marines. They go hunt aliens, and what's cool about them is they get special ammunition, special issue ammunition that they get to go light up and and shoot aliens with. And what was happening before is you would spend a stratagem to apply the ammunition to one of your units. 
And it was excellent because there was no, hey, this only applies to this type of gun. So you would have people that were putting special issue ammunition, which there's all sorts of different things like uh, the dragon fire rounds uh, give you assault and ignores cover. The hellfire rounds give you anti-infantry two up, anti-monster two up. And then the uh, Kraken rounds, uh, uh, they will increase your armor penetration rolls by one. And so what made them, uh, and increased your range characteristic by six. Now, what made them crazy was you'd apply those to your Desolation Marines crack rounds. You'd apply it, and if they got it, they also got it on their... uh, uh, their other missile, their the uh, grenade launcher or whatever. Yeah, their castle launchers. Uh, you could put it on, you know, flamers. You can do it. Was, so you have blast weapon with it's just, just yeah, crazy. Things got wild with it. And so what Games Workshop has done, they made it more fluffy. They kind of brought it in line and they declared and they said, hey, this only applies to bolt weapons on here. And then because they hadn't ever decided these are bolt <laughs> weapons. They actually had to give us a list of bolt weapons, and so that's where we got this big mega list of I was bolt say, it's weapons. It's a pretty hefty list. It's a hefty list, but when you factor in, like, we were using it on everything. Yeah, yeah, on the yeah. Death Watch side, everything was having a good time. Yeah, your cracks and everything's not going to be in there anymore. Yeah, it's all gone. It's all <laughs> gone. And so uh, I'm, a, I'm actually a, a part of a number of, like, Death Watch uh, discords and things like that. Yeah. So everybody's list like you'll see my list here pretty soon all of our lists are going really bolt bolt gun heavy which has always been the death watch way so that's cool and so yeah it's fully thematic if uh, a lot of people did see uh we had frag cannons and things like that we were using and uh uh, those are now getting popped off of models left and right (laughs) because we no longer need the frag cannons. everybody's going for instead the heavy bolter uh so a lot of changes there, uh, but very thematic. I it's going to affect the Death Watch quite a bit. I know that they were up there in the tier list as far they were as the highest Space Marines. For yeah, sure. they were the highest Space Marines for sure. It's going to bring them down, knock them down a few points because this was kind of one of the staples that was making them so powerful. Yeah. Uh, in addition to the Desolation Marines, and so they kind of got a one-two whammy. It's going to bring them down quite a bit out of that tier list, and so. Uh, uh, we'll see what that does to them. But I, I do think this was fair to say this was a thematic choice. Uh, this was something that did need to get updated. Yeah. Uh, I think they're still very competitive. Same. Um, their their stratagems are just crazy still. Um, their abilities are crazy. I think they're still a very competitive like you said, this is more thematic and something that needed to be changed. Right, right. They were really good at shooting. They are a good at shooting army in general, but they were a little too good at shooting before this change. So yep. that brought them back to where they needed to be. Uh, Adeptus Mechanicus, uh, Skitari Rangers data sheet now have a, a save characteristic is a four up and it's invulnerable save is now a five up on the Skitari Rangers. Nice. Uh, Skatari Vanguard data sheet, the unit save characteristic is a four up and it's invulnerable save is a five up. Good. That's what else it. do we have, Michael? <laughs> that's it, man. Uh, oh, that, that's, that's it. I'm sorry. Adeptus Mechanicus players. Uh, I don't know what you did to James workshop, but <laughs> I think you were extremely powerful last edition. And I think we are still dealing with that, uh, fallout I mean, from that. We saw the same thing with Votan, very powerful in ninth and they're at the very bottom, but. As we'll see later, I think they came out ahead, way ahead, yeah. way better than than this. My heart goes out to all you Adeptus Mechanicus players out there. 
uh, I'm sorry for what has happened to you. I mean, the the models are so cool. The army is so thematic. It's, it's not just, your fault. Uh, yeah. Your fault. I'm, maybe next next season. <laughs> maybe winter. <laughs> so next up is the Phantasm Stratagem. Uh, so the Phantasm Stratagem now can only target one Eldari infantry unit. So I think this is the one that lets you run away. Uh, I believe so. I will look that up. I think this was the big problem one. So Phantasm, this is a true deploy at the end of your opponent's movement phase. At one Eldari infantry unit from your army now, your unit can make a normal move up to seven inches. It cannot embark within a transport at the end of this move. Uh, so this is at the end of your opponent's movement phase. Well, when you move up in the movement phase, now keep in mind, you can never, during your movement phase, you can never come within one inch. So yep. this is before you get a chance to charge them or anything like that. Can't be an engagement range. They cannot be. You can move seven inches away uh, with this. And so this, so, this was allowing uh, pretty powerful characters, I think, or pretty powerful. There's something, one of their... Many toys that they have. Uh, Wraith Lords. Uh, you're looking at uh, pretty much law, Wraith Knights. Yeah. If you if you were to move them forward for the cost of a single CP, it could just move out and get out of the way and, and get out of dodge. You could hopefully get behind cover where you can't even make line of sight. It, it was a problem. So having this done for infantry only, pretty cool. Yep. Uh, what else do we have? Ages of the Imperium. Wait, 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 wait. That's it for Eldari? That's it for Eldari. Oh, my God, man. They, uh... Our, our leader at the top? I think they got their, uh... I think they got their nerf on the point side. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I don't really know if it's enough to bring Eldari down. I think they're going to be not as good, but I think they're still going to be really, 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 really strong. I think the Devastating Wounds nerf was very helpful uh, for a lot of people, but, I mean... The, their cannons and things like their D cannons and all that is still going to hurt yep. vehicles, but I think as far as I mean, unloading and anymore. yeah, you're, you're not. It's not a uh, one weapon does the job of every weapon anymore. And Which so I like. yeah, and so there's a lot of changes that happen there. We're gonna have to watch it shake out. And I mean, to be frank, uh, Eldari is. On the it is on the lips of every competitive player. If you're not ready to fight an Eldari list, then you're not ready for an event. And I think with that in mind, they are consistently under the scrutiny yep. of uh, powerful James. And uh, with that, I don't think that they're. I think that they are under a constant. I, don't, I think we're going to have a, a quite a few balanced data shape, data slates. We're going to see that are going to be consistently Eldari targeted. Yeah, and this is kind of what I was talking about. We were kind of hoping for that big nerf hammer on them, but I don't think Games Workshop really wants to do that. I think we want to take baby steps to make sure that we're not just taking a top team and just moving them to the bottom because that's not what we want to do. We want to bring them to that 55 to 45%. So I think we did a lot to Dari here, and people are kind of mad that they didn't get more taken away from them, but I think it's a good step. Let's see how this shake out with everything that changed, point changes, and, uh, you know, well, next data slate, we can readjust and probably go down some more. You know, like whenever um, your like your parents are 
punishing you and they, they punish your sister and it seems to be a lot nicer than like you as the brother that like beat the shit out of you. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. Well, that's what they did to Death Watch. <laughs> like Eldari, they're like, don't you ever do it again. And then they look at Death Watch. You! <laughs> Get over here! Oh, you were never supposed to use Desolation Breeds like that. Oh. So. Yeah, Knights too. Yeah. Exactly. Eldari. Nice was the middle of the sun. Yeah. Eldari's too fragile. They're like, we're finally selling Eldari models. We need to <laughs> <laughs> we need to not not break this. Yeah. Not so uh Agents of the Imperium, uh the extraction squad uh did get updated. So now they have the one Proctor and nine exaction vigilance at a minimum nine now. I believe it was a minimum five before. Gotcha. Or, or maybe yeah, four. four. Yeah. And so you can have five. It was a super cheap squad that you can grab. You could throw it. It was like it was 45 points. We were seeing it everywhere. You, it, it was a quick way to, if you, especially because the way that the uh, the army build is now based, the the points cost, are you, you get them in these big chunks, and there were yep. these weird situations where you'd have... 50 to 70 points at like weird area where you have nothing in your you don't want a random character running around doing stuff yep. and so what people were doing is they were taking these exaction squads uh and on that home objective yeah they were just essentially they were there to uh be your strategic uh objective grabber for you and that was their only job and so you get this cheap cheap squad five dudes throw them out there they do what they need to do hopefully nobody targeted them uh in this case now they're they bumped that up to a minimum of 10 and you are paying the points for those 10 versus yeah. the the five minimum for 45 points you're able to get i think it's 85 now is what their cost their points so cost are a lot harder to fit them into yeah this. so so now people are just getting the inquisition like as <laughs> <laughs> inquisitor uh retinue so uh, as well, change the first bullet point to up to two exaction vigilance can have their arbites combat shotguns replaced with uh, one of the followings, and it's uh, uh, the different weapons it could take there. So, so I so, blasted them every time I saw them. Yeah, every that that if you are a new player, if you see them on the table, just go ahead and uh, send one whirlwind blast their way just to get them out of the way. So the big ones, the Gene Steeler Colts. So this needed to happen. Yeah. They were dominating the competitive scene. They were in the top 10%, I would say, probably. So one of the things that was making them so powerful was their ambush army rules. And so this was essentially, uh, if you have heard, I'm pretty sure you've heard through the grapevine, that Gene Steeler Colts were very good as once you killed them, they came right back on the side of the table. They went back into strategic and uh, were right back on the table after you killed them. And it was a wave after wave of Gene Steeler Colts. And, and what would happen is you'd kill one and he'd show up at the back of the table and would be able to just go capture an objective at the back of the table. It was very, very difficult to get any headway with, uh, with Gene Steeler Colts. I'm sure people are tired of me saying it, but... Everybody's a Necron. <laughs> Everybody is a Necron, yeah. Everybody gets to come back and do whatever they want. Uh, these these guys, they took that to a whole nother level, though. Yeah. And, and, and so you did have to roll in order to let these guys come back. It was just very easy to roll. And so now what happens is if your army faction is Gene Sealer Colts, each time a unit with his ability is destroyed, 
roll a d6, adding one to the result if it's a battle line unit. So if you are just taking your base, like little battle line neophytes, yep. you're going to add one to the result. And if it's the first or second battle round, uh, you add another point. So now the deeper you go in the game, it's harder to bring them back. It's harder and harder to bring them back. And then on a five up, uh, you get to bring your your new army in that is identical to the unit that was destroyed. Yep, so, uh, great change. So that uh, that needed to happen. Uh, the Atlan Jackals data sheet, the Outriders game gang ability. Uh, each time you use the Colt Ambush ability to set this unit back up on the battlefield, in addition to the normal rules, all of its models must be set up wholly within nine inches of the battlefield edge, and at least one of its models must be touching your Colt Ambush marker. Uh, I believe you just got to move in, and yep. because the Jackals could move further than the nine, then uh, people were jumping across the table to get to objectives, and so now... You have to cu- stay within that nine inches kind of there. Slow them down a little bit. Yeah, slow them down quite a bit. So, Gene Steeler Colt nerfed. All right, I will let you talk on the Gray Knights getting their haloed in Soulfire Stratagem uh, change to strategic <laughs> ploy. Does this affect you? Not at all. <laughs> Not uh, at all. It's a good stratagem. Um, the big thing is. I believe this is the stratagem that um, if I move, you can't shoot me if you're within uh, outside of 12 inches of me. So, like, you could put, like, a really important model just out in the open, and you'd have to come all the way to 12 inches to shoot me. It's not one that I really use. It's used a lot in the competitive scene, and they're using uh, kind of like your captain to do that for free. You can't do it for free no more. So. Oh, I wonder if it was a battle tactic before. Yeah, they, I, I believe they... it was. Uh, it's 2 CP, so it's pretty expensive. So it's it's effective. It's kind of a, a nerf more than a help to the Grey Knights. But um, like I said, I don't think it's that bad of a change. Okay. Rip. Yep. Uh, Imperial Knights, the Bondsman abilities. This was pretty pretty big one here. Uh, so on the bondsman abilities, uh, Questorus models that had the bondsman abilities could, with the words bondsman in your command phase, they could, uh, one or more models from your army with a bondsman ability, ability can use that ability. And for each one that does select one friendly armager model within 12 inches of that model, you cannot select an armager model that has already been affected by a bondsman ability until the start of your next command phase. The armager model you selected is affected by that bondsman ability yeah so bondsman abilities are restricted to armagers only now i think we're gonna see a lot more armagers i think that's the way that titans are gonna start going Um, you're gonna see armagers as infantry and knights as tanks and on the same level that you're gonna see like an an imperial or astra militarum army where you have a number of tanks a few number of tanks but lots of infantry I, i could see that happening on the uh on the uh, knight side as well. Yeah, I think that's really where they're going to go. You're going to start seeing some melee knights maybe. Um, kind of back to where we were at ninth, Not to the same extent, but like you said, you're still going to have your big knights to be your tanks. But I, I think it's a good change to, to knights. No more big imperial knights getting bondsman abilities. That was a, that's a yeah. pretty big one. It did essentially... Because the number of weapons they had, because of how how massive they were with their titanic ability and all that jazz, 
they could essentially, which was originally a very small multiplier for the ability, was massively multiplied because of how much damage output the actual yeah. uh, knight could do. Um, so pretty and good. You there. wanted to keep your knights in the very back with these changes to, you know, the the looking through windows and all that, like. I, I, yeah, your knights are going to start moving a lot more, I think. Uh, the Thunder Stomp, here we go again, where we see the Thunder Stomp stratagem type has been adjusted to the Epic Deed category. I think we're going to start seeing a lot more Epic Deeds affected by something in the near future. They're setting that up. Yep. Uh, it may have been a situation where this was a battle tactic before, but unlikely. Um the trophy, the, the trophy claim is now 2CP, and the Valiant Last Stand is now 2CP. So Yeah, um, I haven't played a lot of Knights, so I'm not really too sure what these do, but I think we're just seeing these are probably two strategies that are stratagems that they used a lot, and they're just trying to cut down on. So Some of those overpowered stratagems. Trophy claim. One Imperial Knight model from your army that has not been selected to shoot or fight this phase. Uh, until the end of the phase, each time your model makes an attack that targets that enemy unit, add one to the wound roll. Hmm. If your model destroys that enemy unit in this phase, you gain one CP. Oh. But if your model does not destroy that enemy unit in this phase, you cannot use this stratagem again for the rest of the battle. So it was low risk, high reward. Now it's high risk, high, re- or high reward. You know? Yeah. So, you get to uh, use that trophy claim before what you're doing is you were using one CP. You get that plus one to your wound roll. And if you did manage to kill an already hurt unit, then you get your CP back. Yeah, it's a free stratagem. Now it's actually going to be costing you one. Yeah, so. Makes sense. And the Valiant Last Stand, uh, before rolling to see if a model deals any mortal wounds as a result of its deadly demise ability, it can fight when doing so. It is assumed to have one wound remaining or all of its wounds remaining in your army is honored. After it's finished resolving its attacks, resolve its deadly demise ability as normal. Oh, so it's fight on death for one CP before? Yeah, but it does look like the uh, the model, one Imperial Knight model from your army that was just destroyed and that is el- eligible to fight but is not selected to fight this phase. So, yeah. So, yeah. no deadly demise. Like, you essentially, before you roll for deadly demise, you are... Fight on death. Fight on death. Yeah, yeah that right. that probably need to be two CP. Yeah, yeah. For Especially a night with a knight. Yeah, yeah. Good changes. Good changes, Imperial Knights. Uh, the leagues, the leagues of Votan, aka boys. the Squatty Boys. Uh, so ruthless efficiency detachment rules. Uh, change the first three paragraphs to at the start of the battle, select a number of units from your opponent's army, depending on the battle size as shown below. Have I played you with my leagues? No, I don't even know what this does. Okay, so before, do you know what the judgment tokens do? I have heard of the judgment tokens. Okay, so yeah. if y'all don't know, if you're new to the game, judgment tokens, the first one I put on you is plus one to hit. Second one I put on you is plus one to wound, right? Mm-hmm. Before, I only got one model at the start of the battle round. And now for a regular size game, I think I'm up to four units. Yes, four units. So, so I went from one unit to four units with this ability. Mm-hmm. This is huge. And basically uh, how it works is if I killed that one unit I, before you know certain amount of rounds, I get four CP. I think before second round. Before third and fourth round, I would get like two CP. And then if I got it before the fifth round, I only got one CP. 
So what you would do is you would see what model I'm targeting. You go hide that guy, and I don't ever get my CP. Now you can't hide four four units. If you're going to do that, you're giving me too much board control. Um, this is kind of helping me, or helping uh, Votam uh, be able to get. Also, like they're to hit, and their strength isn't the greatest. So this also helps that balance out. I think this is a good change. I think it might be a little bit too much, though. And that's coming from a Votem player. Each of these units, so in the case of the Strike Force, which will let you choose four units, each of those units start the battle with two Judgment Tokens. Yeah. So, so that's eight Judgment Tokens you're putting out there. Yeah. And so on I four, went from two to eight. So on four of my units, you get to have uh, plus one hit, plus one wound. Yep. That's, that's nasty. It's nasty. That's cheating. It, it, yeah. <laughs> I'm straight up saying that. Uh, leagues are overpowered at this point. And yeah, I mean... I'm just kidding. I don't <laughs> think they're overpowered. Um, but, you know, I went back and looked at my list. You know, we're going to talk about the the points a little bit. Uh, I got 300 points back. Uh, it's just crazy. That is a significant points decrease there. And I take, you know, 30 Terminators or whatever they're called. The Hearthkin. Um, I take, you know... I have the land fortresses, and I have my anti-tank guns in there. If they get out of the land fortress, they get a plus one to hit on top of the judgment token. So, like, I'm hitting you on twos, anti-vehicle two up, like, it's getting nasty. Well, this is the pendulum, so you know that enjoy it until winter, till the next balance. Yeah, man. Remember <laughs> when I was saying that they're taking baby steps? This one, they took a massive leap, and I... Baby don't fail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the baby tripped. I guess they got tired of... Everybody complaining about them being at the very bottom, but I I need to get a game in. I'm waiting for a couple models to come in. Uh, I'm going to get to try out the Pioneers finally. I get, got room for them. I want to um, play them. I want to play against them. I, I feel like uh, if you're a newer player out there and you've just been slapping your Leagues of Oton opponent around, I feel like... Uh, uh, be careful because he, he can hold a grudge <laughs> as, as Leagues of Oton should. Yeah. <laughs> And, I mean, we have different ways to put more tokens out there. Uh, look out for that cow. I would say if somebody has that person on the table, that should be your first target because he gets to put another token on every turn. Oh, it's, he's a cow? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> look for a cow. Shoot the cow. Uh, okay, so if any of the if at the start of any of your command phases, any of those units have been destroyed... You gain a number of CP depending on how early in the battle you destroyed it. And it's a lot of CP. It's one of the few ways that you can get multiple CP. and like Usually you can only gain one extra CP on top of the one that you get. These are one of the few that you get that extra CP. Uh, 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 uh. It's juicy. Looking at you, League's going to come up. They were at the very bottom, though. They yeah. were way down there in the uh, win-loss ratio. I don't think it's going to put them at the top, but I think we're they're going to be, be in, the middle. in the 50 range. Yeah. So I'm excited to play them. Uh, Space <laughs> Marines. What is, oh, what, what is this? What are Desolation Squads? I've never heard of those. What happened to them? <laughs> oh, man. F- max four Desolation Marines and one Desolation Sergeant. They were a problem. I'll be real. Yeah. They were a problem. They were... Uh, uh, I tried to avoid taking them myself early on. I, I, I The first time I took them, I kind of had a feeling that they were going to be a <laughs> strong unit, and uh, I wasn't even aware of both the moment yet. Yeah. 
And then when you start including Oath of Moment, you start stacking abilities onto them. You bring in something like, oh, I don't know, a apothecary that has a bolter, discipline. bolter discipline on it that lets you explode on fives instead of sixes for sustain. The, the Desolation Squad gets pretty ridiculous. And, and really, I think it's a testament to where we are in Blast right now. Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of units that have multiple blasts. Like in the case of... All of your grenade launchers, I think, is probably something that's probably going to come up and get nerfed soon enough. I think so. I mean... It's a, it's something that... It's such a heavy multiplier for killing infantry when you include that many different blast abilities. It also slows down the game. It does slow down the game. I mean, I'm roll, I rolled 67 grenades on a guard player. Oh, I know it's it. Just, and that's a 10-man squad. 67 grenades. Oh, I know it. It's crazy, man. Yeah, I mean, imagine hitting on threes and exploding yeah, on fives and sixes. Yeah, it, exactly. Things get a little wonky when you do that. It slows down the game. It definitely slows down the game. They're not extremely strong. It is just the amount of hits you're putting through. And then when you start bringing in other, you know, things like sustain, things like lethal, that's when you start, you know, death by a thousand daggers and stuff like yeah. that. It starts getting a little mean and uh, a little unnecessary. I mean, it, it truly, a desolation squad... Um, I could not see myself. They were such a staple in my Blood Angels that when I designed my Death Watch army, it was kind yeah. of an auto take. And I think what Games Workshop saw was they were like, well, people are taking this Desolation Squad. And when you had a Desolation Squad, you truly didn't need uh, that. It fits such a, a, a perfect anti tank, anti infantry. They do both, man. They, they do both. And then it's like, perfect if you're whatever oath of moment target you're taking there was such an auto include i think that they wanted to curtail that back just a little bit they wanted to to bring them back does it suck for those people that have the 10 man you know uh uh desolation squad yes it does but uh (laughs) (laughs) some some of those individuals that are out there with their 30 man desolation squad i'm sorry it sucks I immediately went to JD with my bloody and was like, hey, you need ten, you need five dudes. And so I know you don't run Desolation Marines. How about five guys that are painted? For real. But uh, uh, I, I, I've been, you know, I've been looking at some lists, some competitive lists, and people posting them up. And I do see where people are trying to run the five-man. It, uh, it is the discounted version there. Uh, they did go up in points, too, on that side. So, they, I mean, they got hit pretty hard. Yeah, it was one of those things where they were an outstanding unit. They were too good. They did need to get brought down, uh, get brought down a peg, and got so, thrown in the dirt and stomped a little bit. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Eldari over here just running around, no problem. <laughs> just wild. Uh, but Desolation Marines are a problem. Uh, but it, it is one of those things where I get it, I understand. I was when I saw the change, you know, it was kind of one of those. Oh, but yeah, I knew it was coming. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was, I, I could see, I could see y'all's faces whenever I would fire my desolation from squash. Yeah, like, well, <laughs> with the splitting shots in 40k, I mean, coming from 30k, you can't really do that. Yeah. Um, it just, it hurts because you, like you said, you have that infantry killer and that tank killer in one squad. And it, it truly was, if you, and you saw everybody doing it, everybody was putting them inside of cover getting them up there inside get of a building and and if you're you newer players out there if you get off the ground you get four inches up then you get that plus one to your armor penetration roll and so what a lot of guys are doing they're getting them as high as they can because i mean they got 36 inch uh range on their weapons so plenty. It's, it's plenty to get them out there let them reach out and what they were doing is you just you know if they don't move they ignore cover 
Um, if they, uh, uh, if they have the, the apothecary with bolter discipline on them, then they get sustain on five or six. So that means that on five or six, if you roll a five or six to hit, you add an additional hit in there. So you get another shot. And you would make them lethal too, right? Yeah, you. I wouldn't have to make them lethal. You know? <laughs> yeah, true. It was just a... And so what was happening was you were having all of these uh, bolter discipline on five or six that were ignoring your cover, that were plus one AP, and they would. And when you're looking at the in case of a blast, right, you got a five-man squad, or uh, if you have a 10-man squad, Shooting then that's guard. 20 yeah. auto hits, and then uh, plus an additional D3 times 10. It was something that was absolutely... You got all of those... D3, which is like, I think it's like uh, 27 average or something like that, plus the additional 20. So 47 shots, exploding on fives or sixes. It got really bonkers really quickly, and it was one of those things where it's like, and then in addition to that, I'm going to go ahead and fire 10 crack missiles. Was our strength 10, 1D6 damage. It was pretty ridiculous. out the roof now. Yeah, it was AP minus three if they were in the building. I knew they were a problem when... With ignore cover. Yeah. With ignore cover if they didn't move. When you shot me, I knew they were a problem. Like, it hurt. But when I had to remind you about the blast and you get to add that many, you went, oh, shit. Like, yeah. I, I knew that, like, Leaving you, you were happy without that. And, like, yeah, that's... Leaving it on the table. Leaving an additional 20 shots on the table. I was like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> yeah, that unit's gone. That unit's gone. Oh, well, you actually forgot to shoot 20 times. Oh, I'm sorry. We can we can move past that. That's fine. Just yeah. forget about that. No, they're good. Yeah. They're very, very good. Especially when you comboed them out, you start bringing them in. Before, I cannot... Im- like, I never got to play them with Death Watch with the special issue oh, ammunition. Dude. But I would imagine they were disgusting at that point. Just they were just ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, so... Uh, Especially with the anti-infantry two up, that's gross. That's uh, that's really gross. So, I'm glad I never got to do that. I'm not cheap like that. I'm just like, I would have <laughs> messed y'all up. I, <laughs> I would have messed y'all up. There was they got there the day, <laughs> the day this happened. They came in the mail. So. Yeah, well, you said that uh, you ordered some desolation in the the ballot status sheet. I was like, oof, wrong, wrong move, buddy. <laughs> uh, so that is. All of the nerfs, uh, we're look, I mean, we, rules wise, yeah, rules wise, that was all of the uh, balanced data slate rules. I mean, just as no surprises, no, no surprises. That we expected, maybe we expected a little bit more, maybe a little bit less on some things. Uh, but I think we're in a good place, and it's going to take a minute to see how it all plays out. We're going to have to get that data all over again. We're about to back to square one. Um, and hopefully, you know, we can, I was explaining it the other day is, you know, people are mad that, you know, maybe their, their books or their cards or whatever don't match what, but this is good. This is, we want adapting, uh, system that's, I mean, come in from course heresy where everything's going to last cannons, the, you know, the crab, mm-hmm. crab mm-hmm. in it up. It's just. It's nice to know that there's going to be change, and we're not going to see one thing forever and ever and ever. Yeah, and it really it gives you, it gives everybody kind of hope that it's like, hey, if your army is not good right now, just give it a season. 
Yeah. And who knows what's going to happen. You might get an update next season. And it's not even a, I have to wait for my codex for everything to be okay or to yep. start playing again. Like this really, the change for Votan was so significant that, I mean, I think we're going to see a lot more of them in events. A lot more people are going to play them. Absolutely. And if you were the, uh, you know, a leagues of Votan fan who went and invested a ton of money in the army, I could see where you would not be happy with 10th edition with how, you know, your army just gets shelved. Now being able to take those all off the shelf and, and move forward with it and knowing every season that although we are going to have these competitive players who are out there just like running wild with these different units, knowing that every season we're going to get some players back to the game yeah, and know they're going to come back in that we're not having fun. They're going to get start, get to having fun. Like it really does seem like the, uh, the best players, like the, the most competitive players, they're going to chase the army that does the best. Yeah. The worst players who are playing the worst armies, it's not their fault. Yep. So we always want to cater to those armies that are not doing the best. And so, and in uh, the competitive scene, like, yeah, we're going to see some changes, but, you know, I played Votan locally, and mm-hmm. I had a great time. I got my ass kicked a couple times with them, but for the most part, really, really fun. I actually uh, did really good with them a couple times, and at the at the local scene, like, I think you're going to be fine with it, whatever army you run. You're, you're there to have fun. Just, you know, tell your opponent, hey, you know, I'm running this, and I, I'm worried about it maybe not being as good, and maybe they can adjust their list, where y'all can both still have fun. I think you'll be fine, and yeah, I mean, it paid off. I kept on pushing through with my Votan, and it it was a happy day for me. A lot of people were sad, but I played Grey Knights and Votan, and both armies got about 300 points back on both of my lists, so I was pretty happy. Yeah, I guess uh, real quick, since we are at that hour and 30-minute mark, what are some of the, I, I kind of briefly glanced over some of the actual yeah. points changes and I've kind of at a cursory, I've kind of heard some of the individuals that I've been talking about uh, with their points increases and, and things like that. I think, I mean, just to put it very simply, if we just look at that list of who was on top, who was on bottom, people on top got some nerfs. The people on the bottom got a lot of points back. Like I said, with my gray Knights and my, uh, and with my Votan, I'm getting almost 300 points back. Uh, but one one army that was at the bottom, and it did get a lot of points decreased, but I just haven't seen a lot of people talking about them, is Tau. You know, we didn't see no no uh, rules changes, but Tau's unit uh, cost went down a, a ton. And I think that's what Tau needed, honestly. I think their rules are good. I think uh, they're fine. It was just their units were way too expensive, so... I can see more Tau getting uh, busted out, which I'm happy about because I really love the Tau models. I think it's a first step for the Tau. It does seem like they did go ahead, and from what I've heard, uh, is they got a across the board almost a 20% decrease in it's their crazy, points. Um, there, there was actually a number of units that were kind of in that level. I know uh, Adeptus Soritas, uh, Sora the Sisters of Sisters, Battle, yeah. they got a 20% uh, decrease in their points. Uh, I believe uh, Death Guard got like a, a 10% Dude, decrease across pretty, the board. pretty good uh, decrease. In addition to their rules. My Grey Knights, I mean, my my Paladins went down by like 30, 40 points. My mm-hmm. Terminators went down by uh, 20, 30 points. Uh, Drago is like 110 points now or something like that, 120, which he was like 160. Mm-hmm. It was big, big points reductions in those bottom tier uh, armies that we were seeing. 
Yeah, so if you were in the lower below the 50% range, I think they adjusted your points based on how low you were, how, how far you were apart. Yeah. And one of the big things that I did want to talk about just real quick was how these points adjustments are being calculated because it really seems like you would almost have to have like some brilliant mind and a bunch of guys in a room saying, well, this needs to be five points, this yeah. needs to be 10 points. I don't think they're doing that. Um, really, it does look like it's data driven, which, yep. you know, that's the field that I come from right now. Uh, that's what I do for my <laughs> day jobs. <laughs> and so uh, a lot of those a lot of those points uh, are being driven by the data. They're taking special rules or saying, hey, you know, if it is part of this uh, winning group, we need to yep. adjust it by this percent if it was taken this many times. And uh, if we see this unit is taking in a army that wins this amount of time, this percent of time, this yep. are this units there. We need to b- increase that in points because that's an auto you include unit. Um, now, one of the crazy things, and, and we've talked about this is the case, but one of the craziest things that I saw that was very, very almost like a, a an artifact of that situation happening yep. was the Vanguard veterans. Oh, really? And now the Vanguard veterans is kind of a if if you are playing vanguard veterans you have two options you have the option of them with jump packs and without jump packs yep nobody plays them without jump packs if you're taking vanguard veterans you're taking them with jump packs now were a lot of people that were taking these armies winning with vanguard veterans absolutely not vanguard veterans were usually i would say that there wasn't a lot of meta armies that had vanguard veterans running around with them they weren't a very competitive list if you I would say that a lot of armies, like Space Marines, wasn't doing too well. Um, a lot of Vanguard veteran armies, or possibly your Blood Angels, which are not doing very well. Your your yeah. uh, Space Wolves are not doing very well. A lot of, but people did take them. It was a fluffy list and, and fluffy way to take them. But if you were taking them, uh, which you really was rare, you were taking them in the first place. Yeah, you definitely weren't taking a non jump pack uh, a Vanguard veteran unit. Yeah. Well, now Vanguard veterans with jump packs. Their points adjusted got adjusted to being cheaper than Vanguard veterans without jump packs. It's crazy. Yeah. So if you were to look like as an AI driven model to say, hey, we're going to adjust points. This is what we saw. These are the points. And they're going to say, yeah, sure. Let's try that out. You see where some units that were exactly the same, except one had better war gear. You would think that both of those would have gone down by the exact same amount of points. But for a unit that was not taken did not make that list, did not get flagged for anything, so it looked yeah. like it was fine. So, so yeah. So, gives you an idea Definitely of how they're doing things. There's some AI manipulation yeah. going on. Yeah. Which I'm totally fine with. It's, yeah, wor- yeah. it's going to work. You know, we're going to bring it in. It's the digital age. This is how things should be working. But things like that are going to slip through, and that's the things that people are going to start finding. And then on the next balanced data sheet, AI will pick up on it again. And we could have a whole discussion on where... AIs have problems and oh, yeah. sheep in fields. And I mean, me and you both work with it pretty extensively, so we're very familiar with it. So it is, uh, we are, intru- I, I am glad that they're bringing it to the game because we do get to see these fast updates like this. But yep. I think eventually that what's going to have to happen is they are going to have to start bringing in some people, human eyes, uh, yep. for this to, for this to see. Yeah. I think overall great changes though. Overall great changes. I think so too. So. And like I said, if you're in that middle of the pack and you're kind of mad that nothing really changed for your army, that's kind of where you need to be. And uh, don't be mad that people got buffed because they were at the very bottom. They're just going to be brought up to your level and 
hopefully more games are just more competitive and more fun and everybody can play except for i'm sorry uh, your mechanic is players. Yeah, and really it's going to come to the point where every unit you take, if it's cool to you, it's got a potential to be good yeah. in the game. Which is cool. I, That's I how it should be. Love it. So that wraps it up for that, guys. Definitely thank you for sticking through this entire episode like that. Uh, we appreciate it. Please, 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 if you're a near player, if you enjoyed this episode, please review, share this podcast. Uh, I know we are only on episode three. We're a little bit late. Uh, I did lose my cat, so we did have to. I did <laughs> take a week off to go try and do all sorts of stuff to find my cat. It was I a whole a situation. Yeah. It, we're busy, but uh, we didn't want to get this out to you guys. Uh, we do like to stay regular. Do like to maintain this kind of hour segment. We did go a little bit longer on this one just because of the uh, uh, some of the changes that get did get made. We did want to take and make sure that you guys fully understood what was happening. Uh, if you want to continue this discussion outside of li- just listening to us on the podcast. Please join our Discord, WarhammerDiscord.com. That'll be the Radio Free Istvan Discord, which is a parent podcast of this one. Uh, WarhammerDiscord.com. Just go put that in any browser. It'll take you right to our Discord. Come talk to us and give us your podcast suggestions, things you do and don't like. We listen to it. We, t- we take all of our feedback to heart and make sure that uh, that we listen. And we've, I mean, I think every suggestion we've had has mostly been, uh, hey, I need you on this platform so I can listen to you. And we've done everything that we could, yeah. including getting the new logo that y'all see now <laughs> uh, to make sure that we're on uh, every platform so you guys can listen and easy as possible. And yeah, just keep on letting us know and we'll try to accommodate. Just be patient with us because some of these platforms require us to go through loops and hoops and uh, everything to, to get us on there. So uh, thank you guys. If you're a Spotify listener, make sure you look out for the questions below the episode. Uh, there is going to be a little bit of feedback. You can give back immediately on there. Uh, so but that's all we have. Appreciate you guys. Y'all have a good one. <laughs>